Hello again, mamas. Today I have a special live coaching session with my client, DeFlora, where we dive into clarity on what's working in her business, what strategies align best with designing a business authentic to her strengths, and exploring some new strategies that she can begin to use to level up her business this year. I think many of you will be able to relate and find value and some creative inspiration as you listen in today. And if you'd like to learn more about booking a strategy session with me, you get one for free for a limited time with your Purposeful Productivity Pathways course purchase. Go to AbundantMomLife.com productivity to find out more or you can email me at support at AbundantMomLife.com to find out more about the coaching menu. So go ahead, sit back and relax and enjoy today's coaching session. Welcome to the Abundant Mom Life for Network Marketers show, where we choose to grow a successful and sustainable business from the crazy caffeine-filled comfort of home using flexible productivity strategies that simplify, optimize, and systemize our business and mom life. Hi, I'm Melody Bishop, a Jesus-loving boy mom, former teacher, turned top 1% network marketer, turned entrepreneur. I believe you can slay your day without being a slave to the hustle. If you're ready to get your time freedom back and design a life you love, you're in the right place. It's time to rise up, know your worth, and live abundantly. So today's going to be kind of like a strategy session. And basically what we're going to do before we get down to the nitty gritty of what do your power hours look like? What are your, um, what does your DMC, your DMO, your daily method of operation, that checklist look like? What are the IPAs, the income producing activities that you should be working on or focusing on look like? First, we need to kind of come up with some sort of a strategy to begin to test out that is going to align with you and be authentic with you. And not only your goal of having $1,000 take home pay from your business a month to get to that, that first goal, but also so be something that you can really feel confident in and really feel like it's going to fill your cup and something that is just, you know, a business that you love. So we want to design a business that you love, but we want to make sure that it's based on strategy, that we have a plan and then it's profitable because there's really no one size fits all way to grow a business. There's lots of different ways. You just have to find the way, you know, the strategy or strategies that best fit you. Does that make oh, sense? Yes. All right. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. The first question I'm going to ask you is what works well in your business right now that you enjoy? Okay. Because something might work well, but you're like, eh, I don't really like doing this that you enjoy. And that feels aligned with, with you. Uh, what I do every day in the business and what you're asking okay, so me. Think about the strategies you're using right now to grow yeah. your business. And ask yourself, first of all, is this working well? And then if it's working well, ask yourself, do I enjoy doing this? Does this feel aligned with me? Well, I do. Um, my virtual parties do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't did any home party. I was going to do one and then I got sick and I canceled that out. So my virtual parties work well. You mean parties in your group or parties with other hostesses? Party with other hostesses. Okay. And do you enjoy I, doing that? I really do. Okay. I and do. they're on. you said they're online parties? Yes. So I'll write that down. Okay. So are there any other strategies that you're using in your business to help grow your business that are seem to be working well and that you enjoy? Like think about things that you do in your customer group or, you know, on your profile or et cetera. In my customer group, I do every month. I try to do like a, a raffle in my okay. group that works pretty well. It's like I do a, it's a $10 raffle for a number for 20 numbers. It's a hundred dollars. It's $200. And each, there'll be two people to win a hundred dollars each. And mm-hmm. they have to choose the product out of the book. That works well for me. And I love it. Okay. All right. So we'll put that down and your state's okay with that, right? Yeah. My state is fine. Okay. With that. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to say that, you know, because some states are really kind of weird about that. So you always have to check your yeah. state with that. So yeah. Have to word it carefully with Facebook too. Mm, yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. All right. So, is there anything else you can think of? If not, we can move on to the next question. But oh, one more thing. I'm sorry. I have one yes. more thing. Absolutely. I do, I do a bingo every month okay. with my VIP customers. So online customer 
Bingo. And that works well and you enjoy it. I very enjoy it. I have so All much right, fun. Good. Okay, good. So those are three strategies that mm -hmm. you can continue doing because okay. they're working well and you enjoy them. All right. Now, as you're working your business, the, this is kind of the litmus test, if you will. You know, okay. when you're trying out a new strategy, it has to be something not only that is going to be, you know, create success in your business, but it has to be working well in your business. Don't give, you got to give it like three months because you got to mm -hmm. master it first before it can actually be successful. And then once you've mastered it, you've given it three months, then you're going to ask yourself, is this working? And if it is, then you ask yourself, do I enjoy doing this? Does this feel aligned with me, who I am, my personality, how I want to run my business, what I want to be doing in my business every day? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because sometimes what we'll do is we'll copy what we see others doing because they're having success mm. without really asking ourselves those questions. Is this something that I want to be doing in my business every day? Because once you get, once you get in the hang of something, a strategy, whether even if it's working, and then you realize later on, hey, I don't really like doing this. If you get stuck in that for too long, what happens is you get burnout and you get frustrated and you don't enjoy your business any longer. The passion is gone. The excitement is gone because you're, you're copying what someone else does because it's successful. And you're like, hey, she's having success over there. Maybe I should do this. But it, it's, not, it's not aligned with you and your personality and who you are and what lights you up. Now, not everything in our business is going to be fun <laughs> or enjoyable, no. but the strategy should. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So that's my next question. Is there anything that you're doing in your business right now that does not feel aligned, that you do not enjoy doing, whether or not it's working I, I can't think of nothing because usually it's funny that you say that because usually if I do something that doesn't work and I don't like, I don't do it again. Okay. And I give it a couple of tries and see, you know, because you should give it a couple of tries and make sure it's going to work out for you. But if, if my VIP is not responding or other people is not responding, I usually try to do something else. Because like you said, because you see somebody else do it and you do it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You know, I learned that from going to the conferences and looking at the, how people make you look so easy. And then you do it and you're like, nobody likes that. So, yeah, I, right now I don't have nothing that I don't do that's not comfortable for me. Good, good. So, you know, just keep that in, the, in your back pocket and you're in the back of your mind and continue <laughs> to have that motto. All right. So the next thing I want to do is I want to discuss maybe some new ways to approach what is working, what is aligned with you. So let's take the online parties with your hostesses first. So when okay. you find something that's working and you really love it, okay, the next thing you want to ask yourself is how can I make this more successful? How can I make this better? And then how can I simplify this process so I can scale it a bit more so that I can do more of this without spending more time. And I know that might sound like it's impossible, but it's actually not. I mean, in some things it's really hard to scale, but other things it's, it's not as hard. You just have to think about it out of the box in a creative way. So let's talk about your online parties with your host. Let's first talk about how can we make those more successful? So when you're doing your online parties, and I know because I, <laughs> I'm familiar with this strategy, <laughs> I know that, you know, you can't always just look at every single party because it has to do with the hostess, but let's just look at how you're running the party and how you're coaching your hostesses. So how do you feel about that? Like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being I rock this, you know, I don't have much I need to learn and one being, oh my goodness, help me help myself. Where are you <laughs> on a scale of one to 10? Uh, I don't want to say a five. I think I'm say a four. And that's okay. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> because sometimes my, my online parties are all, I rock it. Mm -hmm. And then my online parties are dull. They just cricket, quick, quick. Mm -hmm. Even I talk to my hostess and I'm like, you need to encourage, you know, if you want this party to go, you got to talk to your people. You have to comment. You have to engage too. I can't just engage by myself. 
And I tell everybody this, I, I try to do a hostess coaches and tell them you have to engage in your party. I can't engage for you. I can just post, I can be excited, but you, it's your party. And if you want to earn stuff, you have to be excited. So sometimes my party rock and sometimes my party don't rock. Mm -hmm. So Good. So, so the next thing we have to ask ourselves, okay, so I really like this when it goes good, it goes really good. And, mm -hmm. but there are some obstacles in the way of really taking this to the level that I'd like to see it at. Okay. So mm -hmm. one of the obstacles that you just mentioned is getting your hostess more engaged or finding hostesses who are more engaged in their party. Okay. So that's one obstacle that we could talk about. So then the next question you're going to ask yourself is, okay, here's an obstacle. And then you want to come at it from like a solutions-based mindset. You're going to then begin brainstorming ways that you can solve that obstacle. Now, obviously you can't change a person, but perhaps one of the ways you could solve that is by you know, bringing in more qualified hostesses, you know, like bringing in hostesses who mm -hmm. from the get-go seem like they would be more engaged in the party, okay? So that could be one solution for that. The next solution could be to take a look at your hostess coaching and see if there's a way that you can not only simplify that and systemize that, so you know what your process is. On this day, you're going to, you know, reach out to her with this, and then you're going to, you know, on the next day, what your step-by-step -step process is for hostess coaching. And then when I'm, when I'm talking about systemizing it is creating some sort of a document that has sample verbiage that you send with the steps, or maybe you're going to create hostess coaching videos that you send her along with the written steps. So that's one way that you can look at it, because if you can simplify the process, not only for you, but also for her, then it's more likely that she will be less overwhelmed and more able to comply and follow along with those steps. So I would say if you're going to have hostess coaching steps, keep it to like five steps before the party and then, you know, no more than five steps before the party and then no more than five steps after the party for her hostess coaching steps. So you just wanna, you wanna keep it kind of simplified and condensed as, as possible. So that would be the next thing that, that I would say for you to look at as far as hostess coaching. So when you are looking for hostesses, how are you finding your hostesses? Cause let's, let's tackle the first obstacle. Most of the time they find me uh, and then, um... I just ask people if they want to have a third one party. If I see them buying a lot of stuff, I'm like, you, you know, you could have had a hostess party and uh, and earn some of your product free and got your hostess gift. Uh, usually I can find some out of the party that I have. I get hostesses out of there because they see what the hostess earn and then they want to do the same. Okay. All right, so let's take those two different approaches, which there's nothing wrong with either of those approaches. So okay. when someone comes to you and they, and they want to host a party or you see they've ordered a lot and you reach out to them and you say, hey, this could have been a party, you could have saved some money, you could have got some rewards, et cetera. Um, one thing I want to encourage you to do, especially before you reach out to someone, is I want you to take a look at their profile. Okay, so take a look at their Facebook profile or wherever they hang out on Instagram. And I want you to just kind of see, because we're talking about an online party here. So if this was a home party, it would be a little bit different. But I just want to kind of, you know, for you to gauge their engagement on their profile. So first of all, if you go to their profile and they're posting a bunch of salesy posts and they're in another direct sales company that teaches them to do that chances are they're not going to be a very good hostess because they're not going to have a lot of people who want to join their party and order with them because they're constantly annoying their friends and family to order with their party. Okay. So order with their oh. company. And okay. then the next thing you want to look at is, are they complaining a lot? Are they complaining a lot on their profile? Because if they're <laughs> like a negative Nancy, chances are they're not going to have people who want to come to their party. And they're also probably going to be negative about your hostess coaching. Okay. So that's the next thing you want to look at. And then the third thing you want to look at is you want to say, Hey, 
are people commenting on this person's posts? Because if you have someone and, and she's got a lot of engagement, you can tell she's got some ride or die crew who are always commenting on her posts. You know, she, she doesn't have to have a lot of friends, but she has to have some decent engagement. Now, if you go through all of that and check off all of those boxes, okay? She doesn't have a bunch of salesy posts. She doesn't have a bunch of posts where she's a negative Nancy complaining all the time. <laughs> and then she doesn't, uh, she has engagement. Chances are she's going to be a pretty good host. Even if you've okay. never hosted with her before or she hasn't been in a party, you can kind of gauge what type of hostess she would be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's automatically, you're kind of like pre-qualifying your hostess and you get a good idea up front of what you should expect from her party. Now, mm -hmm. if you met her in another party, okay, and she's been really engaged in the party and she's commenting on things and she seems really excited, that's a good clue. But if, if she went to the party and didn't say boo and she wanted <laughs> to host a party, Chances are she's not going to have a very good party and she's not going to be a very engaged hostess. So that's one thing you can look for in the party. So in the party, when you're reaching out to people, I mean, most people have a booking post, et cetera. But if you're reaching out to people personally, as you're talking with them, giving them customer service, you kind of want to look for your rock star party people. And those are the people that you really want to approach. Again, we're kind of pre-qualifying them to kind of head off at the pass, whether their party is going to be qualified or not. They're, they're going to be a good hostess. Their party is going to be successful. And you can even say that in your conversation with them. Hey, I, I can tell that you have a lot of awesome friends on your profile who really, you know, love you. You know, you have some really great posts. I can tell that you're already, you know, you really love social media and you know how to use social media or in the party. I can tell you're really excited and you're commenting and you're engaging. You would make a really awesome host. And I okay. feel like you would have a successful party because you would make an awesome host. So you can tell them that, and that gives them some confidence that, Hey, you know, maybe I should give this a try because she's the expert. And she's telling me that I have qualities. I have things that would make me a good hostess. And she thinks I'll have a successful party, but you can't give them that confidence unless you've done a little bit of, I don't want to say research, but a little bit of that, you know, looking into whether she would be a good hostess in the first place. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, now in a party, another thing I want to mention that I've learned over the years is sometimes if someone orders, that's a good thing. And it doesn't mean that just because they didn't order, they're not going to be a good hostess. But if, if you're hosting parties with like the same crew, you know, like friends mm -hmm. of friends, and then you see that she's in the part, she's in different parties and she never orders. She just shows up and she acts like she's going to order, but she never does. Right. She wants to host a party. Then I would steer clear. <laughs> I would steer clear right off the bat. Okay. Cause then they're just around to get something free and chances are they do this a lot to a lot of other consultants from other companies mm -hmm. too. Okay. Right. So again, you want to kind of pre, this is what I call pre-qualifying your hostess. And, and when you do that, that mm -hmm. kind of, um, not only, and I'm not saying to say no, I mean, that's kind of a personal choice for you and your business. I'm not saying right. to say no if they don't meet those qualifications. But uh, the next thing I want to talk about is if they say, if it looks like they might not be a good hostess, you have to ask yourself, do I really want to invest my time because time is money right. into this party and with this hostess when it looks like it's not going to be successful and I could be spending that time doing something else that will help grow my business. Correct. So so that's something you have to ask yourself and only you can answer that question for your business. But there comes a time where you want to scale your business and you're not going to be able to do that if you say yes to everyone who wants to host a party with you. Does that, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. it, it makes, it really does. Okay. So the next thing we want to talk about, so we talked about, you know, how to kind of overcome that obstacle. And the next thing is to, how do you simplify and systemize that? So are you doing one-on-one -on -one parties like with each one hostess per party? So let's say Sally wants to book a party with you and, and Sally's the hostess and she invites her friends. She's the only hostess in, in the party. Yes, yes. I don't know how to do the other stuff yet. They have more than one hostess in the party. So All yeah. Right, so I I'm going to tell you how. <laughs> 
I'm not advanced yet, so I only do one. At it's a time. not. It's yeah. actually not advanced, and it's funny because um, when I when I started doing this, because uh -huh. I would the reason why I started doing this is because I needed to scale my parties. I needed to be able to have more hostesses in a month, but spend less time. So I would have like two parties a month. And mm -hmm. I would have like 10 hostesses. So I would have oh. like five hostesses in one party and five hostesses in another party. And sometimes I would have more than that if I was doing like a live party and I had to think about time zones, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. So sometimes I would have um, a party with hostesses that were all in a similar time zone. Like maybe they were all in um, Pacific time zone and mountain time zone. And then mm -hmm. I would have a party with people who are in central and Eastern time zone, just so it was like a similar, if I was doing a live demo. But even if you do a live demo, most people are going to go back and watch the replay later on. Anyway, they're not going to show up live. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> so, so that's another thing that's not necessarily not an issue. So I didn't change anything with my party format. Mm -hmm. Nothing, not one thing, because I would just send them to my website, to the hostess's page. They know mm -hmm. who their hostess is and they would shop from there. So I wasn't doing like a direct link for each hostess. I would just mm. be like, here's my hostess party page where all my hostesses are listed. Find your hostess, click on shop now, and boom. And I never had any issues, never had any issues. So literally mm. that is like the only thing that you have to change. The rest of your party format is exactly the same, okay? Mm. And your hostess coaching is exactly the same. So here's, so, here's my point with this. When you have more hostesses okay mm -hmm. and you're able to fill up your month with more hostesses because you're not doing one-on-one -on -one parties and you can put them all in the same group then if you have a group that let's say let's say you have a party that has five hostesses in the same party group and they're inviting their friends okay and two out of the five are flaky hostesses you still mm -hmm. have three hostesses who are rocking it and you still might get a few orders from those other two hostesses customers. And it kind of makes it so that it's not a waste of your time because you're not just hosting a party with that one person, you're hosting a party with the other hostesses. And the other cool thing is with regards to social media and how um, engagement is rated on visibility in your parties, the more hostesses you have and the more party guests you have who are engaged, the more people will see the posts in their newsfeed and the more engagement you will have. So that's what I explained to my hostess. I said, this is, I would just, I would, wouldn't tell them up front. I would book the, book the party and then I would let them know, Hey, you're going to see a few other hostesses in this party. And it's, you know, it's not going to change anything. Your, your people aren't going to be confused. They're going to know how to shop under you. They're not going to shop under somebody else. And it's actually a good thing because the more engagement we have in the party, the more excitement then there's um, there's power in numbers, okay? And it helps Facebook, because we're doing group parties, it helps Facebook to mm -hmm. know that, hey, I'm gonna show these posts to more people in their newsfeed, which is where most people see their posts because there's more engagement in the group. So they reward you for that. Does that make sense? Yes. So it helps with the mm -hmm. algorithm issues in these groups when you have more people who are actually engaged and then you can engage with them and create more engagement. And it's kind of like that momentum snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So that's a way that you can take this, this concept of parties and, you know, think about the obstacles, you know, how can I solve these problems? Pre-qualify my hostess is one of them. Simplify the hostess coaching process is another to make it easier for her to follow and easier for you to stick with and be consistent with. And then the next thing you have to ask yourself, how can I simplify this and scale this for me? And that's having these multi-hostess parties. So, I mean, I was doing multi-hostess parties for like three years with our team before mm -hmm. the company even started promoting it. And, and we had already, had already been having success with it. So mm -hmm. then what that does is it also helps you build momentum because then you don't have to say no. Like let's say for example, you want to have you only have time to do two parties next month, but you have five people who want to host a party and you're like, well, I'll bump you to the following month. You don't have to do that anymore. You can have them in this next month and then you continue to book parties off of those parties and then fill up each and every month to your capacity is now larger, which means your paycheck will be larger because you're able to host more part more parties. Does that make sense? Yes. But my question is on the group, do you just you have all the hostess in one group? Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. The hostess and is inviting her friends. 
Mm -hmm. I, I always used to post, um, I would post a post that celebrate your hostess post and mm -hmm. then they would celebrate who their hostess was. And I asked them to tag their hostess in the comments. So then I knew who was connected with who, but if their hostess is inviting them into the group, then they're going to know who their hostess is. And in the pin post at the top, the welcome post, I would put the hostess's names in that post and tag them. And then I mm -hmm. would ask the hostess to tag them in the comments of that welcome post which depending on whatever the party is, if it's a bingo party, that was usually the post where they pick their numbers and ask okay. them to tag their guests as they invited them as they came into the group. And then I would ask the guests in that post to tag their hostess, the person who invited them as their first mm -hmm. giveaway entry. So that was just another way for me to kind of make that connection of who is who. But I never, not once, ever had someone order under someone else's party. If your hostess mm -hmm. is inviting them, then they know who invited them. They know that, hey, my hostess is Sarah. There's her name. That's mm -hmm. who I'm going to shop under. That's who my hostess is. So, right. you know, it just, it, it never, it, it, I, like I would tell people, they would always have that question and they would say, I don't know how to do this. It sounds complicated. I'm like, I don't do anything different. <laughs> I run the same, no, same party. I, I, how they, you know, you do the mega mega party, but I never consider up doing that. So that's why I'm asking because I know you know how to do it. So I'm just like, how are you making it successful? That's a, and and to know all the hosts in there, uh, how you pinpoint each person. So that's mm -hmm. why I was because I was just like, okay, that sounds overwhelming to me right now. So that's why I'm asking the question. Good, good. <laughs> so that's a way that you can not only you know, so whenever you know, you're always going to have hostesses that just have flake out on you. So then yeah. you can be like, oh, this party isn't a wash because I still have three other hostesses who are rocking it. And the cool thing is that the guests who are in there from the flaky hostess, mm -hmm. they're still going to see engagement in the party and they might be a good hostess or they might become a VIP, um, okay. a really good VIP and, and end up in your group. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're doing one-on-one -on -one parties and they're in the flaky hostesses party and there isn't any other hostesses in there inviting people and they see that your party is dead, they're probably not going to be interested in hosting a party because they don't want a dead party. And they're probably going to be less likely to see posts and be engaged and become a customer or another hostess down the road. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Because most of the time, you know, they don't know who's friends with who they're not really paying attention to that. All they pay attention to is the engagement of the party. So if the engagement is coming from the other hostesses guests, they're not going to, they're not going to be like, oh, that's this person's guest. They're just going to, you know, be like, hey, this party is hopping. It looks pretty cool. Maybe I could do this, you know? So mm -hmm. it makes it more likely. It's just, it's like compounding. So it's compounding. You can have more hostesses. It's compounding. You have more engagement, more people see the post more orders come in, happier hostesses, then people see, hey, this doesn't look so hard. Maybe I can do this, et cetera. So okay. it's, just, it's just that compounding. So that's the next thing. All right. So let's talk about your online customer bingo with your VIPs. I'm going to ask you on a, scan, on a scale of one to 10, how you feel that's, that's going in your group. Is that something you do like once a month, once every three yeah. months, once every season? I do it once a month. I'll say about a nine. I won't give it a 10 because some months are good. And um, I, I'm not going to say they're not good. They're basically, I get a, I get an order. I mean, I get a, at least a $200 order out of the bingo. Sometimes I can get more, sometimes I get less. It's just depend on uh, uh, the ladies that I have. And I invite everybody in the VIP group, not a certain person, but it just depends on what's going on, like kid school. Because I used to try to do it on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So depending on basketball, volleyball, they're going to do that. It's just, that's just depend on how that's going to be big or small. Because a couple of times I didn't do it. I think I didn't do it in December because I got sick. And they was like, we missed it. We missed it. Why you didn't do it? And I was like, I was sick. So when I don't do it, people are like, I missed it. When are you going to do it again? When are you going to do it again? So I think it's very successful, you know, yeah. for what, what I wanted to do. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that because it sounds like that's working really well for you. And I love mm -hmm. that you're consistent. And so they, that's one of the great things that a lot of people forget to do is mm -hmm. you have to like do it for a while for your group members to be like, Hey, this is a thing now. This is a thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
I can expect this every month. I can look forward to it, you know? And then when you don't do it, they're like, hey, what happened? <laughs> you know? So. And then they was like, did I miss it? Did I miss, did you do it yet? And I said, no, next, next Thursday. Oh, okay, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. So <laughs> I, I think that one's very successful. So I'm going to leave that the way it is for right now. Yeah, I good. That... And I think like, I would say $200 is a good, is a good, I mean, I mean and you're getting commission off of that, but I would say that's a good exchange for your time. Well, it adds to, it helps to the rest of my parties that I have in there. Sometimes that $200 helps me make it to the goal. I, my goal is, is personal body and not money wise yet. So my personal body goes like a thousand and it's really more than a thousand. But if I make that thousand for the month, that $200 usually make me get over that amount. And that makes me excited. So, I mean, I'm pushing for more. I'm working up to, you know, that's why I'm having these classes with you to, to learn how to get where I need to get. So good. So because that's already working, I would encourage you when you're inviting people to your group, mm -hmm. make like, like emphasize that as one of the highlights of your group. It's like, Hey, we play bingo in my group every single month. Everybody looks forward to it. They're sad when, you know, there's a month that I can't do it. It's just a really cool, fun, unique, exciting part of your group. So you got to figure out how are you going to set yourself apart from everybody else inviting people into their group? How are you going to set yourself apart? How are you going to build that, that type of customer loyalty? And that's oh. one of the things that you do that other people might not do, probably don't do. And you do it on a consistent basis. And it's something that you've mastered. So make sure that you emphasize that when you're inviting people into yeah. your group. And those people who are really interested in doing that, you're going to mm -hmm. get, you're going to attract more people who are interested in doing that, who are excited about that, who want to play bingo. And then they're going to invite their people who are also like, they can be like, Hey, she does a bingo every single month in her group. I'm going to invite you into her group so we can play bingo together, you know, because it's more fun with friends. And I have more people come in and out uh, playing bingo because I, I know everybody can't play every month. Uh, I mean, we have life, we have kids, we have things that are going on. And I have some ladies, I have about six ladies that faithfully play every month. And then I have people that comes in and out of it. And then I have more people add to it. So... I mean, some months it may not be huge as I want it to be, but like, again, like you said, I still make $200 out of it. So it's still successful to me. Good. So a couple of things I would, I would mention just to kind of lean, lean into what's working because you also need to do that in your business too. You have to, okay, this is what's working. I've mastered it. And then you're like, well, how can I take this to the next level? Then you're going to ask yourself, yeah. how can I take this to the next level and really lean into what's working? And so one of the things I would recommend you do is just send out an email once a month, let them know the day that you're going to have bingo, make sure you add a link to your customer group and that way, the contacts in your back office who might not be in your group, they're mm -hmm. going to know, okay, once a month she has bingo and they might not join the first month or the second month, but eventually if they're like, Hey, this is, uh, this is a thing, you know, again, they'll be like, Oh, I get this email about bingo in her group every single month. Apparently this is a thing. Maybe I should go join and check it out. That's one thing that I would say to be consistent with, to lean into that, send out an email to your back office, to your contacts every single month. Here's the bingo date for this month you know, and anything else you want to add in there and always make sure you add your link to your group and the name of your group. Cause sometimes they click on a link and it makes them log into Facebook. It's really weird. So add the link and then also write the name of your group so they could just search for it on Facebook and join that way too. You got to make it as easy as possible for them to join your group. I would also recommend that you create a post for your parties that invites them to your group and emphasizes the bingo that you do in your group every single month. And again, add the link to the group so they can join right from that post. So again, you want to really kind of lean into that and emphasize that. And then you might want to consider doing some sort of incentive for, you know, people who invite their friends to come play bingo in your group. So okay. maybe they get, um, they get to choose extra bingo numbers. I actually have bingo cards that I sent to them because I okay. do it. So I actually have bingo cards that I sent out through an email and then I have a uh, 
caller number that I do. So when they bingo, I can see that I don't have to look at the numbers and back and make sure that is it automatically shows me that they bingo. Okay, so well, probably I, the easiest way to encourage them, reward them for inviting their friends is for every person who joins bingo. And you know, you could set up an event in your group because mm -hmm. when they RSVP to the event, the, the bingo will be in your group, but it's really smart to set up an event in your group for the bingo every single month because when they RSVP, you can mm -hmm. be like, when you RSVP, you get another card or whatever you want to do for that. And then Facebook sends them reminders, notification reminders when they've RSVP to the event leading up to the event. And then when they invite someone to the group to play bingo, you can be like, okay, they have to RSVP to the event. So I can see, and you can have a welcome post if someone invited you, tag them below. That way, you know, who's connected with who, and you know who to give the extra card to. But then again, that's just another way. And then and the more you do it, the more they'll get used to it. And the people who are really excited about bingo and they they'll be like oh yeah i want to get another card <laughs> you know so they'll be inviting people in there so that's another way to kind of lean into what's working and figure out how to take it to the next level so those are a few tips from me to you on that all right so i don't know a whole lot about about raffles for your customer group but it sounds like you've got that handled and that's going well do you do, do you feel like that's a good um like a value value of your time it really is. It's okay. a, 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 I would say it's a 10 right now for me. Good. It, it, people like it. Uh, I had another friend that was talking about, uh, I'm hosting a party for her. And she said, make sure you invite them to your VIP. I said, I, I do that. Uh, I will put, put a post for that. Uh, she said, because I think they would like the raffle. And I said, okay, cool. I said, but I always post a VIP post in my uh, parties. Good. So I would say the same tips that I just gave you for the bingo, mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. that with the raffle. Okay. <laughs> Do that with the raffle too, because you want to lean into what's working and, and help that grow and help that, you know, right. help your bottom line and grow a little bit more. So let's talk about maybe some new approaches that might be aligned with you. Okay. And I kind of want you to just, I'm just going to go over some options here. And I kind of want you to just think about adding one new thing. So whatever stands out to you the most that you feel like you could see yourself doing, then this is something you can try out. And again, you don't have to be committed to it for the long haul, but you know, to try it out for three months, see how it's going, master it first, and then see if it's something you can add to your business. And if it's not, then you can try the next thing, okay? So we're talking about, we need, you need more leads. You need more people. We know that in order for our business to grow, we need to be bringing in new leads on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. these are all things that can help you bring in new leads and also help grow your business in a different way. So I don't know if you're doing video. I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, Facebook lives and things like that, but if, and when you ever get comfortable with video, okay. Another approach to video that is on a different platform that is a free platform, by the way, is YouTube. And the cool thing about YouTube is you can pretty much kind of take what you're doing in your Facebook lives, just make it a little bit different and put that on YouTube. And you can actually sell on the YouTube platform. You don't have to worry about not, you know, posting a link and being like flagged and all of that stuff. You can mm -hmm. do that on YouTube and not have to worry about getting in jail, like Facebook jail or whatever. So you're mm -hmm. allowed to do that. And the cool thing about YouTube is it's a search platform. So anytime someone is searching for keywords that are in your video title or your video description, your video can pop up years later and they can find it and they can you know, order whatever it is you're showing on your video. So I know a lot of people do that and they just, you can just make it simple, like product demos, and you can do like one demo solution per product and make a video and then put the link of how to buy the, where to buy the product, where to find the product. So that's another option. And it can even be like simple 10 minute videos and, and things like that. And then the other cool thing is you can then use that content and you can repurpose it into your group, you know, onto your profile page, if you want to on your business page, if you have that, and you can even use that and repurpose 
repurpose it onto Pinterest, which is another search engine platform where people can search for things and it pops up and they can find it years later. So that's what we call kind of like an evergreen platform. And it's also something that over the long, because it it's a long game, but it does add up over time right. it can give you passive income. So it can give you a little bit extra, you know, mm-hmm. in your your paycheck without you having to do anything because it just lives there forever. So that's one option. I highly recommend if you're not on Pinterest and you're not using Pinterest, I highly recommend for all direct sales network marketers to be on Pinterest. The cool thing about Pinterest is there's a lot of people in your target market who are on Pinterest already. And it's a visual search engine platform. So the people who are on Pinterest are on Pinterest because they want to learn and they want to buy. That's the difference between these search engine platforms as opposed to social media like Facebook and Instagram is people are not on Facebook or Instagram with the intent to buy. They just want some mind-numbing entertainment. And then if they happen to come across something that looks interesting, they might be interested in it. But people go to YouTube and people go to Pinterest with the intent to buy. So they're already a pre-qualified lead. So if you can show up in their search, then they, I mean, I, I, when I was doing this, I would, I would get like at least an order or two a month off of Pinterest. And I hadn't even done anything on YouTube yet. It was, it was something that I wanted to do. And it's something that I'm going to work my way up to. Mm -hmm adding it in when I have time. But but when I started doing this on, on Pinterest, I would just, you know, and the pin just lives there forever. So once you pin it, it's like, boom, and people can find it, people can share it. And mm-hmm. then you can get orders while you sleep, passive income. So that's the other cool thing about Pinterest. I would highly recommend that you check out Pinterest and just start, you know, learning the platform. It's really not mm-hmm. that complicated. You can put a link from your pin right to that product that you're you're pinning about okay mm-hmm. and you can just you can use pictures that um as far as i know you just can't have the company logo on the picture okay. but you can use company pictures as long as it doesn't have the logo but you can you know email email a company and ask them about that i looked into it before i started doing it when i was doing it before it, and they said it's totally fine so if for pinterest that what you pinterest, said for pinterest yeah but you can email um and just ask hey i want to do this on pinterest what's the rules if you're just not okay. sure it's always good always good to ask and just yeah because sure i have a pinterest i don't even have a pinterest account so yeah <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not hard. And again, you want to think about when you're doing the pin and when you're creating your boards, you just want to think what are the terms that people will be searching and you can go right to the Pinterest bar, start mm-hmm. start to type in like let's say you type in laundry organization. It'll come up with things that people have already typed in the search bar. It'll it'll populate things. And then you just plug those terms into your pin title and into your description when you talk about what the pin is about and then you put the link that goes to that product it's really not hard so that's something you could do probably like five minutes a day okay because you don't have to necessarily create a pin if you're using the the company pictures so it's super easy and the cool thing is with youtube then you can create a pin on canva that directs them to your youtube video so that's another way you can repurpose that content if you decide to do youtube Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is these are kind of interchangeable referral marketing and influencer marketing. So we talked a little bit about this before. So influencer marketing is referral marketing, but it's like another level of of referral marketing. So referral marketing is someone loves a product that they bought from you and you ask them if they will post it to their wall, to their social, and then you give them some sort of, you have some sort of giveaway attached to it where anybody who comments on that post is entered into a giveaway, all right? And usually the giveaway is they can win that product. (laughs) You know, they can get that product for free. And then it's a way for you to reach out to those people and maybe invite them to your group, invite them to your next bingo or your next raffle again you can let them know this is why my group is special if you're interested in this kind of thing come check it out you know you don't have to say if you don't like it but it's a way for you to fill your funnel with new leads without having to have a party because not everyone is going to want to host a party but some people would be willing to post something to their wall so that's a referral marketing the next level of that is called influencer marketing so you want to think 
you know, where are my people hanging out? Who are they following already? So if you're thinking about organization, for example, if you're going to run with that and, you're, and your, your audience is interested in organization and you want to bring more people into your group, into your funnel who are interested in organizing their home, then you can say, who are the influencers who already have a following of people who want to organize their home? And you can just do a Facebook search and you can come up with a bunch of people who maybe they have home organization courses, maybe they have a home organization podcast, maybe they have a, a book, you know, and they already have a following of people who are interested in that particular thing. And then you can reach out to them and be like, hey, if I send you this product, you know, do a little bit of research, figure out what they might be interested in. If I send you this product for free and you like it, all I would ask is you just, you know, share it with your people. And if you decide to share it with your people, I'll do a giveaway, you know, and that will help grow your engagement because people love giveaways. Okay. So it's mm -hmm. a win-win for both of you. And then anybody who comments on the post, when that influencer shares it, you can then reach out to them and fill your funnel that way. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. So I know network marketers who don't do anything but this, this is uh -huh. all they do and they grow their business like crazy. So again, it has to be aligned with you, uh -huh. but it's definitely a, a great way to market your business in a really smart way. Yeah. So then the last thing is called, um, it's referred to as like, like lead group or foundation traffic. And this is where you say, okay, here's my person. This is what they, this is what they're looking for. Home organization. What groups are big active groups? Okay. They don't have to be super big, but maybe like a thousand or 500 mm -hmm. where people are hanging out who are interested in organizing their home. Maybe you're going to look for declutter groups. You're going to look for home organization groups and you just go and search Facebook for these keywords and then and you go to groups and it'll come up with groups where people are hanging out that want to learn about home organization. Okay. And then you mm -hmm. can join these groups and you don't even have to post anything because most groups won't allow you to post because they don't want you prospecting inside of the group. Right. But you can do what's called foundation trafficking. And all that is, is you look for the post that has comments. Someone will post a question. I need help with this or anybody has suggestions about this. Anybody have tips and you can comment on those posts and give your expertise without even putting a product on there. And then when you have engagement with people, okay, you can then friend request them. And they're very likely if you've helped them, you've, you've answered a question, you've replied to their comment, you've given them some value, then they're very likely to accept your friend request. And from there, you can just be a good friend, open up that conversation with them, get to know them on Facebook. And then at some point you can be like, Hey, I have this group. We do these awesome things inside of it. If you're interested, here's the link to join. Boom. Mm -hmm. And you can get people who are already interested in organizing their home from these groups into your group. Okay. They also might see a post on your profile. Again, we don't sell on our profile, but you can share on your profile. Okay. They might be like, Hey, I'm interested in that. And they might comment on your post or like your post. And then you mm -hmm. can reach out to them and be like, Hey, thanks for the love of my post. What interested you about that? And that can open up a conversation with them. So the idea is you want to get people into your funnel. You don't, you don't necessarily want to get just anybody into your funnel. You want to be right. putting out content in your parties, on your wall, on your social, all these other places that attracts people who are interested in what you have to offer. That way, when they get into your group, they're more of a highly qualified lead as opposed to somebody who just wants to get something for free. Correct. Up in your group <laughs> for that purpose. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. So we're targeting people who are already interested in what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. And we're just simply creating relationships with them and inviting them into our group where we can then nurture them and they can see what we have to offer. So let me just do a little quick refresh. And then before <laughs> we go, your homework is going to be <laughs> to pick one of these new strategies. Okay. Because we already talked about ways to improve the things that are already working. And that's awesome. You've got some things that are really working really well for you. So we talked about ways to level that up. And now yeah. we're going to pick a new strategy that you can just start to look into right now. Okay. You don't have to commit to it just yet. Do a little bit of research, look into it, see if it 
feels right. Okay. And if it doesn't, you can think about picking something else. So we talked about video with YouTube. Okay. So that was one. Mm -hmm. And then I talked about referral marketing or influencer marketing, and you could do both. They could, like I said, Mm -hmm. they're interchangeable, but if you want to just really go hard and just focus on finding influencers and reaching out to them, what's the worst they could say? No. You know, right. Okay. (laughs) Next, (laughs) you know, move on to the next one. No sweat, just sending out an email, um, sending out a message or, or whatever. I would say email because, you know, if you message them on Facebook, they're probably not going to see it because they're not friends. You can message their business page. You could do that Mm -hmm. too. And then the next one is foundation traffic. And I'm going to say, I'm just going to say you really should be on Pinterest. So I'm not even going to add that in there. I want you to look into being on Pinterest because like I said, as in every direct sales person should be on Pinterest. You just should. So you're going you're gonna to look into Pinterest. Okay. And then so the third one is foundation traffic. So we have YouTube referral influencer marketing, the second one. And the third right. one is the foundation traffic going into groups and developing relationships with people from there. So which one of and those sounds- already, When you say that, I'm like, I'm already in like three or four groups that do uh, decorations and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so uh, I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to figure out how to, to work that out because I'm in like four or five groups. All right. So, that, that- so foundation foundation traffic is a, is a way that you can focus on getting new leads. I'm not sure that's the one I'm going to do, but I'm going to look into it. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the YouTube video, but I need to see how to do that. That's the one I'm thinking about because I yeah. think that would be more. Uh, but I want to look at different ones and see how to do that one. Yep, absolutely. And you know, there's, there's a lot of people in the company that are on yeah. YouTube. So you can see what they do, but don't let that discourage you. Don't do, you know, comparison analysis, okay? Like an outline of what they talk about and demonstrate, you know, um, yeah. before I jump into the water and don't know what I, and, and I could jump into the water and be fine. I'm sure it's not make my post bad because I did it different, but I just want to just get a little idea. That's all. Yeah. You, and you'll learn as you go. So my biggest mm-hmm. advice to you, because I have mm-hmm. done research, I, I thought, okay, there, these people are on YouTube and there's a lot of big leaders in the company who are on YouTube. So basically what my biggest advice to you is okay. usually people go on YouTube and they don't have a strategy. They don't have a plan. They just post whatever is new, whatever is shiny, whatever makes sense. You really Mm -hmm. want to, when you work with these platforms, you have to respect the platform and how it works. So the best way to to really do well on a platform like, like YouTube is to figure out who you're speaking to, what their needs are. And then mm-hmm. focus on that. So okay. if you're going to focus on home organization, put your blinders on and don't get distracted with other products that don't fit into that category. Because then you can promote your channel for home organization. And so when mm-hmm. people come to your channel, if they're interested in home organization, they're going to be more likely to follow you. If you're focused on that and they know what to expect, then somebody who is just posting all these different things and there's no there's no plan they're just like willy-nilly they're all over the place mm-hmm. it, that's not going to attract your customers to you if you don't have a focus you know so just you have to focus okay. on how you're solving your people and stay in that lane and you can use different products for that you know but you have to figure out this is my bucket and I'm staying in my bucket. And if something pops mm. up, I don't care how shiny it looks. If it doesn't fit into my bucket, mm. then it's not going on my channel, <laughs> you know? Right. All right. So good. I think we got some, some good strategy planning here today and I will send you this recording. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Show. Hey, Mama. If you found value in today's show, I'd be truly grateful if you take a few moments to hit that follow or subscribe button and leave an Apple Podcast review. You can even share this podcast with your team because when we work together, we can empower mamas to claim the abundant life they desire and deserve. Come join our Facebook community at Abundant Mom Life for Network Marketers. Can't wait to get to know you.